Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Everybody, good morning. And you guys having a good morning? Isn't it a beautiful day? And it's so great to see all of you here today, to see some of you I haven't seen yet back in person. I am so excited to have you today on Sunday, fun day. I mean, isn't it awesome to see families dedicating themselves to the Lord, to see people who are going to get baptized, to enjoy a free snow cone. I mean, it's a good day. Come on, everybody look at your neighbor, tell me it's a good day. It is a good day, and I'm excited about this series that we started last week called Hey Siri. So everybody say real loud, Hey Siri. All your phones just went off right then, didn't it, right? And we're having a little bit of fun in this series. And here's the heart really behind the series is that sometimes we have questions that maybe we want to ask, maybe thoughts that we're thinking, man, I wish I knew the answer to that, but maybe are a little bit embarrassed to ask our pastor or ask our friends or ask our family member, maybe some things that we think, maybe I should know the answer to that, but I really don't. And it would be nice if I could just ask Siri and maybe, you know, she would give me the answer without any judgment. Right, but here's what we found last week is that Siri sometimes doesn't know what she's talking about. Come on, how many have experienced that before? That Siri is pretty good at telling you the nearby restaurants or the weather for the week or how to get to the closest gas station. But when it comes down to the deep questions of life, we got to have somebody better to ask than that. And so we decided instead of just asking Siri, maybe we would ask the Word of God and see what God's Word has to say about some of these questions, which are pretty deep questions. Like last week, we talked about this question of how do I get to heaven? And the reason we asked that question is because the the disciples actually asked Jesus that question and he gave them a very specific answer. In fact, if you weren't here last week for that, I would encourage you to go back and watch the YouTube video or find the podcast of that and listen to that because it was really a powerful, powerful answer to that question. Next week, we're going to talk about this. How do I get my passion back? How many of you have ever lost your passion and you think, man, how do I get it back? We're going to talk about that next week. Later in the series, we're going to talk about why do bad things happen even to good people and some other deep questions of life like that. But what I thought we would do today, since today is Baptism Sunday, I thought we'd talk about this question of baptism. Why should I be baptized? Why is it important? Who should be baptized? How does it all work? All of that kind of stuff. And so in order to answer that question, instead of asking Siri, what I thought we'd do is we'd just see what Jesus has to say about it. In fact, we can see what he says about it in this passage in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 19. So if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. This is an important passage in the scripture. In fact, it's known as we learned a couple of weeks ago, it's known as the Great Commission. And what is happening here is that Jesus is getting ready to be ascended back to heaven. He's already went to the cross. He's already went to the grave. He's already risen again. And now he's giving final instructions to his disciples. Like this is one of the last things that he says to the disciples before he goes back to sit with the father in heaven. So how many would agree with me that if this is like the last instructions that he's given, this is probably important stuff, right? And notice what he says in Matthew 28, 19. He says, therefore go and make disciples. That's what we talked about a few weeks ago. And then he tells us what to do with these disciples. He says to what? To baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us this important and very simple command. 
And yet from this very simple command to go make disciples and baptize them, there's still a whole lot of questions. In fact, as church people, we have a tendency to do this. Take stuff that's simple and make it really complicated, right? And that's kind of what we've done. Like this simple idea of baptism, and yet it's complicated because we think, well, who's supposed to do it? And when should I do it? And how do you do it? Like, do you dunk them all the way under? Or do you sprinkle like little dabble do you like some churches do? Or like, how old do you need to be? Do you baptize infants? Or, you know, do you need to be older or children? And, and do you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Or do you baptize in the name of Jesus only? Some people teach that. And like all of these questions, like if I get baptized, does that mean I'm saved? And if I didn't get baptized, does that mean I'm not saved? And do I have to be baptized to go to heaven? And all of these questions that Siri doesn't have the answer to, right? Only God's word has the answer to these questions. And so what I thought we would do is just talk about this idea of baptism, why it's so important and what it really means. And in order to really dive into it, see what I did there? Dive into it, right? In order to dive into it today, some of my jokes are so good, they just go right over y'all's head, right? But in order to dive into it today, what we got to do is we got to look first at this word, baptism, or baptize. This word, baptize, actually comes from a Greek word that was a, just a normal, just everyday word in Jesus' time. And they would have spoken Greek and no Greek, like the New Testament was written in Greek. And so this word, baptism, or baptize, comes from the Greek word, and the Greek word is baptizo. So everybody say, baptizo. Now, you didn't know you were going to learn Greek today, did you? Right? And baptizo, what it means in the Greek, literally, it literally means to wash. So everybody say wash. I heard some of y'all are from Burleson, so you said wash, you know, wash. (laughs) Here's the deal. It means to wash. Or it literally meant to dip under or to plunge under or to, or to immerse. Now, here's one of the questions. Some churches, they do a little sprinkle thing or whatever. But the very word, baptizo, actually means to plunge under, to wash, to, to immerse, to go all the way. So there's an answer to one of the questions right there. Why do we go all the way under? Because that's what the, mer- the word means. It means to immerse. Now, some of you say, well, why is this important? Like, what is important about baptism? And what I want to do is I just want to take this next 15 or so minutes, and I just want to give you three thoughts about baptism and why every person who is a believer should be baptized. All right? You ready? Write them down. Number one, why is baptism important? What is the significance of it? The first thing is this, is that baptism is, here's what it basically is. It is a public declaration. So everybody say public declaration. Here's what baptism is. Baptism is telling all of the world on the outside what Christ has already done on the inside. And how many know when you come to Christ, God does a work inside of you. He changes you from the inside out. But here's the problem is that that people on the outside can't necessarily see all that God has done on the inside. So when you get in that tank, when you are being baptized, what you are doing is you are making a public declaration to all your friends, your family, to everyone that will see you that, hey, something has happened inside of me. I'm no longer who I was. God has changed me me on the inside and I want everybody on the outside to know. In fact, if you really study this, this, let me say it like this, is that baptism is actually the biblical evidence of salvation. 
Now, here's the thing, is that in most churches, like, that's not the first evidence that, that we have. It's like, most churches, when someone gets saved, here's how we know they got saved. They raised their hand, or they said a prayer, or they walked down an aisle, or they filled out a, car, a card. Nothing wrong with any of those things, but actually, that didn't even start till about 100 years ago in America. If you look at, back at the Bible, when someone, when someone was saved, when someone began to follow Jesus... The outward expression of that so that everyone would know was not raising their hand or saying a prayer, nothing wrong with those things, but the outward expression of that was that they got baptized so that everyone would know. It was a public declaration of their faith. And it's important. That is, it is a public thing. It's for everyone to see. In fact, we actually see the importance of this in the time that Jesus was baptized. Now, first of all, let me just say this. If we follow Jesus and Jesus was baptized, then how many know if we're following him doing what he does, then we should be baptized too, right? Come on. Jesus set the example. And we, you may know the story. Jesus goes to John the Baptist and he says, I must be baptized. And John goes, I can't baptize you. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. This is something I must do. This is something that every believer and follower of Jesus should do just like Jesus did. And you notice where it happened. This is what's so important. That it happened at the Jordan River. Now, this is significant because in that day and time, the Jordan River would have been the, the most public place that you could go. I mean, the people in those days, I mean, they didn't have running water. They didn't have indoor plumbing. And so they had to go every day to the river. And at the river, that's where they would get their water to drink. They'd get water to cook with. That would be where they would wash their clothes or wash their clothes. That would be, that'd be where they'd go to cool off on a hot day or to do fishing to get, some, get their meal or whatever. And so this would have been a place where there would have been all of the community would have been there at the Jordan. It was a very public place. And Jesus goes to this most public of places and says, I want everybody to see this is an outward expression of my faith. This is an outward expression of who I am. I want everybody to see it. And some people, here's what we think is we think, well, I would be baptized, Pastor, but I just don't really want to get up there in front of all those people. <laughs> I, I don't want everybody to see me. In fact, I had one guy one time that said, he said, Pastor, I want to get baptized but man, I, I don't, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of shy. I don't want anybody to see me. Could we just meet at the church like on a Tuesday and just me and you and I'll just get in the tank and nobody else will see me? And I'll just tell you as a pastor, I had to just tell him, I'm sorry, man. I love you and I want to baptize you, but we can't do it that way because that's missing the point. The whole point is that I can show everybody else what God is doing inside of me. And fortunately, he said, okay, I'm shy. I don't want to do it, but I'll do it, right? And this is, what, this is what Jesus was talking about. Check this out in this passage in uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32. Look what he says. He says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. What is he saying? He's saying, hey, I want you to show everybody. I want you to acknowledge me before everybody that you know. And that's what baptism is really all about and it's an incredible opportunity if God has changed your life then what an awesome opportunity that you have to share with your friends your neighbors your family some that maybe don't yet know the Lord but what an incredible testimony to make a public declaration of the faith that you have of what God has done inside 
of you. What is baptism? Why is it important? What is baptizo? It is a public declaration. But it's not just that. Notice the second thing about baptism. And that is this, is that baptism is also all about a new association. Everybody say new association. When you're baptized... At the end of the service, when people get into this tank, what they are doing is they are saying, hey, I am no longer associated with my old life, but now instead I have a new association. Now I am identifying myself with Christ as a follower of Christ. In fact, this is what Paul was talking about in this passage in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. He says, some are Jews and some are Gentiles. Some are slaves and some are free, but we have all been what? Say this word. We have been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. What is he saying? He's saying, hey, we're all different. We all come from different backgrounds. Some are slaves and some are free. Some are Jews and some are Gentiles. Some are black and some are white. Some are Hispanic. Some are from Texas. Some are not from Texas. How many know you're just either from Texas or not from Texas? Come on, right? Like, we're all different. We all have different backgrounds. Some are men, some are women, some are old, some are young, some are good looking, some are not as good looking. Come on, right. Let's just be real, right? But that's not what identifies us anymore. When we come to Christ, like, regardless of whether we're Jew or slave or Gentile or or whatever we are, free, whatever, that we have now a new association that as we are baptized, what we are doing is we're saying, I'm no longer identified by where I came from or what I look like. Instead, I am now identified with Christ. I am associating myself with the body of Christ. In fact, this is what Paul says about in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. He says, so in Christ Jesus, you who are children of God through faith for all of us who were what baptized into Christ have done what have clothed ourselves with Christ. Now think about this. Many times we will show everybody who we are associated with by the type of clothes that we wear. Isn't that true? In fact, how many sports fans do we have in the house today? If you're a sports fan, you like sports. How many uh, Dallas Cowboy fans? Raise your hand if you like Dallas Cowboys. All right. Some of you are like, eh, I don't know, right? But if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, what are you going to do? A lot of times when football season comes around, well, you're going to wear your, your Cowboys gear, right? You're going to have your Cowboys shirt. You might have your Cowboys hat. You might have one of those little deals that goes on the side with the drink so that you can drink your soda out of it. Like you find the flag. Like why? Because you're going, this is my team. I'm associated with my team. For me, when college football season comes around, I'm wearing my Sooners gear. Come on, Boomer Sooner in the house today. And I know all my Longhorns fans are booing me, but you're just too embarrassed to wear your Longhorn stuff after after the last few years you've had. Come on. I'm just messing with you. Today, after church, I'm going to be wearing my Under Armour gear, rooting for Jordan Spieth and the Masters. Come on, right? Because I'm going, that's my guy. That's my team. I am associated with them, right? I'm wearing my stuff. And this is what baptism is about. It says that when we are baptized, what it is, is it's like we put on the clothes of Christ, that we want everybody else to know that, hey, I am no longer who I was. That old life, I am disassociating myself with the old life, and I am becoming associated with Christ and with the family of God. In fact, let me just say it another way. Let's say it like this. I wear this ring. I put it on every morning. The reason that I put it on every morning is because it is a symbol that I am associated with the most beautiful, amazing, awesome woman in the whole world. And y'all can tell her that I said that if she's not in here right now. Amen. Sorry, ladies. 
I'm taking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I put this ring on every day. And you know what it does? It symbolizes that, hey, now I'm associated with her. And she's associated with me. We're, we're together. Like, we're married. Right? Now, if I took this ring off, would that mean that I am no longer married to her? No. I put it on because I want everybody to know that I'm associated with her, that I'm married to her. Now, if I took this off and went down to a club where there's a bunch of ladies, how many know that Amber wouldn't be too happy with that, right? So let me just say it like this. If we are associated with Christ and we say we love him and yet are not willing to put on the ring, not willing to get in the tank, come on, if you like it, you gotta put a ring on it. Come on, you know what I'm saying? How do you think that, how do you think that Jesus feels when we say I'm a Christian? but I'm not willing to get in a tank and associate myself with him. Now, let me say it like this. Getting baptized, does that mean, you know, you're going to heaven because you got baptized? That's not, that's not what it means. Does it mean if you don't get baptized, you're not a Christian and you're not going to heaven? No, I mean, if I'm not wearing this ring, doesn't mean I'm not married. I'm still married, right? But here's what it is. It's about saying, I'm proud to be a part of the family of God. I am baptized into one body. I am associating myself with Jesus. He is now my life. He is now my master. He is now my savior. Come on, I'm putting the ring on and I'm telling everybody, come on, I have made a commitment to be associated with Christ. My old life, man, it is gone. My old associations, they are gone. And now I have a new association and I'm gonna make a public declaration of what that's all about. It's a public declaration. It's a new association. But then notice the third thing, and that is this. Baptism is all about life transformation. Everybody say transformation. Man, that's what baptism is all about. It is, it is to show everyone of the transformation that has taken place inside of you. In fact, it's incredibly symbolic as you think about it. When you get into this tank, Think about this, when you go down underneath that water, you know what that symbolizes? It symbolizes going down into the grave and that old life is gone. And then when you come up out of that water, it's as just as Jesus who went into the tomb, but on the third day, he rose again. It's just the same thing as that, hey, I'm going down into the grave with Jesus. My old life, it is gone. My old life, it is dead. But now as I come forward, as I come out of the water, it's like I have a new life and I am transformed with him. The old man, the old person's dead and gone. In fact, it reminds me of a story I heard about a young pastor. It was his very first baptism service, and he was super nervous about it. And so he couldn't remember quite what to say. And there was this one older lady who was being baptized, and as he was getting ready to put her down, you know, into the, into the water, he couldn't remember what to say. And so finally he remembered that his pastor used to say, let the old man die. And so as he was going down, she was going under the water, he said, and the old lady is dead. <laughs> I mean, that's not probably a good thing to say, right? <laughs> and yet, that's what the symbol is. The old lady died. <laughs> the old man died. The old life is gone. And now I'm raised to new life in Christ. I'm transformed. I'm changed forever. In fact, this is what the scripture says in Romans 6 and verse 4. For we died and were buried with Christ in what? In baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of our Father, now we also have new lives. Baptizo. What does it mean? 
It means to wash, it means to dip. There was another way that they would use this word back in Jesus' time. They would use the word baptizo to describe what it was like to make clothing, to make garments. And what they would do is they would take a garment and then they would, they would take a, a liquid that would be dyed a certain color and they would baptizo the garment into the liquid. And when they brought it out of the liquid, it was no longer the same. It might have been white when it went in, but when it came out, it was whatever color that liquid was. And this word baptizo, that's what it, that's what it means. It means I've gone in and when I come out, I'm not the same. I don't look the same. I don't talk the same. I don't act the same. I'm not the same person as I was before because I have been transformed. Now, is it the water that transforms you? No, we just got it out of the tap right before y'all got here, you know? But what it is, is it's Jesus transforms you. And it's the step of faith, stepping out, saying, man, I want, in front of everyone, I want them all to know I'm not the same. It's the step of faith of saying, I want everybody to know I'm associated with a new man. I'm associated with Christ. I'm a part of his body and his family. And I do believe there is something, man, that's supernatural that happens when you take that step of faith. The water doesn't cleanse you. Going in the tank doesn't change you. But Christ can change you when you come out of that that tank is new life transformation so can I just close with this question and the question is simply this what is keeping you from being baptized in fact there's a story in the book of Acts chapter 8 these two guys there's a guy Bible doesn't give us his name he just says he was an Ethiopian man and he's riding in this chariot Another man named Philip comes along and he notices that this Ethiopian man is reading from some scrolls, the scripture, as he's riding in the chariot. And Philip calls up to the man and he says, hey, do you know what you're reading? And the man calls back down to Philip and says, how can I know it unless somebody explains it to me? I don't understand it. And so the Bible says that Philip got up into the chariot and began to open the scrolls and began to read it together and began to explain it to him. And something happened, the man began to understand, and so as they're traveling along the road, they came up on a river, and the man looked down from the chariot at the river, and he looked at Philip, and he said, there's water right there. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And Philip says, well, there's really only one reason, only one thing that would hold you back from being baptized, and this way he says, do you believe? And the Ethiopian man says, yes, I believe. And Philip says, stop the chariot. And they get out of the chariot and they go down into the water and the man is baptized. You know what the significance of that story is? Is, is simply this, there's only one prerequisite for baptism and that is you must believe. There's only one thing stopping you from being baptized today and that is you must believe. And so today, maybe some of you are in this room today and maybe you haven't yet believed. Maybe you have not yet put your faith in Jesus Christ to save you. Maybe some of you are here today and the only reason you're here is because someone invited you to see their children be dedicated or someone invited you to see them be baptized or you came on Easter and you thought, man, that's the good thing to do. I should come back. Others of you, you come every single Sunday and yet you have not yet come to that place of, I believe I am, I am putting my faith completely, surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. And this is the moment. This is your day that as we have explained it, just as Philip explained the scripture to the Ethiopian man, that you could come to a place where God just gives you a revelation and you just say, I'm ready to believe. 
I'm ready to put my trust and my faith completely in Jesus Christ to be my Savior, to be my Lord. In fact, this is what I want us to do. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, those of you at home as well. Maybe you're here in this room and that's you. And you say, truth is, Pastor, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I have not put my faith yet in him. Here's the truth is that the Bible says we all sinned and we have all fallen short of God's righteous standard. And that there is a penalty for that. The payment, the wages of sin is death, but God loved us so much. He didn't want us to die. What did he do? He sent the best that he had, his son, Jesus Christ, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But that's where it starts, right there. Whoever would what? Would believe.